0: Every entrepreneur has a story. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, where each episode, your host, Brian Carney, will share a drink with a successful business owner and have them discuss their unique journey, gaining insight on what it takes to be an entrepreneur and different ways to get there. Brian isn't just a beer nerd. He's also the co-founder of Rivers Edge Advisors, a financial planning firm headquartered in Delaware, specializing in working with business owners. It's time to pour yourself a drink and enjoy a happy half hour with an entrepreneur. Hey everyone, welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Brian Carney. My guest today is Christopher Bruce, owner of King Creative. Chris has an incredibly diverse background, acting, producing, hosting, and even spending time as a professional mascot before starting his business. So Chris, welcome to the show. Hey man, it's
1: really good to be here and yes, I am excited to bore everybody with all of those details. <laughs>
0: Perfect, I can't wait. Well, let's <laughs> let's let's knock out what we're drinking first. So I'm going to be okay. tackling a uh, Yards Brewery Special uh, re- limited release called uh, Heritage Surf, which is an homage to a surf shop from Sea Isle City in New Jersey. So we'll we'll give this a try. See what, what yeah, the deal that is. sounds
1: pretty exciting. You got the little homage, as they say, and yeah. a select an exclusive. I mean, this that sounds very exclusive. Limited release. Wow, so what are you going to be tackling? Well, I was trying to find a really crazy, exciting beer, like a whaling walrus or something like that. <laughs> but I didn't have time. So I was lucky enough to be able to go in and grab a little bit of bourbon here, a little brown water, if you will. <laughs> and I even put it in this glass in time for us to sip together and have some fun. Well, cheers to you. Thank cheers, you for doing man. this. Just well, put hair on you. Ooh.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. well, let's start out, tell, tell us a little bit about King Creative.
1: Yeah, I mean, King Creative, one, we're right there downtown in Wilmington, Delaware at the corner of 8th and Market. And we're a film, video, music, audio recording studio, but we also do a lot of creative consulting. My background is pretty varied, as you alluded Mm. to, and through that, in all those experiences, we bring a lot of insight, a lot of perspective, and a lot of, I guess, ability to deliver on creative concepts quickly and to really connect with your audience. So at, at its core, and especially for me personally, that's what it's all about. It's all about connecting with an audience, so whether it's your online audience or a real-time in-person stage or event space or you name it, it's just about connecting. So yeah. that's what we're all about.
0: That's great. Well, how how do you help clients achieve that goal? If you, if the goal is always to connect to the audience, how do you help them achieve yeah. that?
1: Well, I mean, we take a very consultative approach to our work, so it's not just "Hey, you guys need a video, here you go." It's well, let's learn a little bit more about you guys. So. so yeah where have you been? Where are your goals? What are you trying to get to? And through that process of really understanding and getting lost in their world, that's when we can kind of come up with the solutions to yeah. essentially help guide them to get there and to make those connections. That's really yeah. kind of, I think what differentiates us a little bit is that intention, that purpose behind creating the content. It's sure. not just, hey, you need something, here it is.
0: Right. Well, I, I think a lot of times when, you know, business owners come to you with like, hey, I need video marketing materials for my website or for this thing I'm doing, they don't even know where to begin. And it kind of can be almost overwhelming and intimidating to the point where they go, I, I don't even know if I want to tackle this.
1: Yeah, I, I think it can be overwhelming for a lot of people. And and that really is the starting point. And I try to tell people all the time, don't wait to talk to us, right? Get right. with us as soon as possible, so, that we can help you figure out maybe what you should do and how to plan for it. Right. Because that is one of the biggest obstacles. And a lot of people give up because it does just be like, you know what? I just can't, right? right. I don't have time. I've got yeah. my actual job to do right. <laughs> and my actual business to run, which isn't that. Yeah. So, you know, it happens all the time. And we're here just to kind of be a resource. Yeah. And hopefully, just be a guide to help them make those connections, like I said before, with their audience, whether, you know, they're a customer that is at home or if it's, you know, really every business is unique, which is part of what we love. And actually that's what my shirt says here. We are all perfectly unique. That right? is, that's a perfect saying. I you know, love it. And, and that's, just, you know, so, hey, way to set that up. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> that's really just the thing that we love to do. And, and I think every day what makes it interesting for us to come to the studio and, and to just do that, get lost in those worlds. Yeah. Find those connections, really problem solve, you know, on a daily basis to figure out how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how does your background
0: lead you to get into to this world i mean you know you yeah. you started as a ma- as you yo
1: ud the well mascot. it's just it's just ud jo- oh it's just ud so it's spelled y-o-u like you, and <laughs> d-e-e so it's ud with the interlocking ud in the middle so Got a lot it. of people would go yo ud and that happened a lot but it's just ud can you tell UD. i didn't go to ud it's fine. I'm not going <laughs> to, don't tell me you went to Nova. That would be horrible. No, no. all right. I'm just kidding for all those people at home. Cats, good for you. Um, long story short. Yeah. So for me, I was actually pre-med. I know I've told this story and if you've seen some other interviews, I was pre-med to start and I went to the university of Delaware, yep. got an opportunity to become the mascot. And through that, it just led me down all kinds of different paths that I never expected and changed my course and made me reevaluate kind of what I wanted to do. And right. And, ended up taking a practical route of a master or a, you know, basically a business degree with, you know, management and marketing. So that works really well and understanding how to just connect with people in that way. And then through all the performance related work that I did, which was very much varied, whether it was stage or film or sports, you know, entertainment, We were constantly, that was our challenge, right? It's like, how do we better connect with this audience? How do we make these, you know, connections? How do we entertain? And the only way to really do that well is to get to know your audience and to understand how to craft a routine, a a bit, a a moment, and do that consistently where you just knew that no matter what, when you walk out there, you can make it happen.
0: Yep. So I have to ask this, you, uh, you won the national mascot championship. I have a whole lot of things in my head,
1: what that looks like. Uh, We should start there. So what does it look like for you? And I'll I'll let you know how close you are.
0: I, have you ever seen that video where uh, A bunch of mascots are playing a bunch of little Kids in
1: football and they keep yes. like running I've the kids a, over? I've been a part a of few of those games okay. by the way They're fun that's what I have
0: in my mind And then I have a then I have sort of Like an old school like the, the movie Old school where the where Will Ferrell Catches on fire and he's wearing yeah. a, a mascot head that's kind of
1: Somewhere in there somewhere is where I'm there. thinking yeah, yeah well first of all those games those football games Are amazingly fun now there were Times when it wasn't a pop Warner team and it was basically like a middle school <laughs> team. And I was like, all right, these guys have pads. They've right. got, you know, this is, this is, there's a point where this doesn't get fun for us anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, we may, we look like giant pinatas, but at the end of the day, we may not have kind of the gear that <laughs> they've got going on. So it was always nice when it, you know, they were, you know, at the right age and you, go, you should yeah. have fun with them. And really nobody could get hurt, including the kids, of course, cause that was important. But I remember we would do stuff where you would try to time it out where you're literally jumping over the center like yeah. you're taking like one of the lead blockers and then throwing to <laughs> the runner as opposed to making like, so it's just like those games were always so much fun and just hilarious. But the, the competition was all part of a bigger weekend down in Disney World, believe it or not. And there okay. was a couple stages to the process. So we would submit a tape, a video. Yep. And that was a compilation video showing us doing stuff throughout the year, whether it was community events, sporting events, you name it. And there was a bunch of categories that they based on, you know, based the points on, you know, essentially. So we would get graded and rated on that. And then the top characters or performers would then get invited from that video submission to go down to Orlando and okay. to compete. And yeah. you had to come up with a routine and you had a certain amount of time and there was all these rules and like the size of the props. And actually there's a lot more rules now. Cause I actually kind of created some of those rules based on things I did that they changed things <laughs> for <which was laughs> kind of awesome. Cause I had this, when I, when I won, I actually built this huge rotating set, which yeah. was all like PVC and wire and wheels. And, and like we had to like make it all in Delaware break it all down, take it down in a van, rebuild it on site there, which was insane. Yeah, yeah. And Just watching everybody kind of watch us build it. It was hilarious. It was, they were just like, what, what, what is that? Like, <laughs> and what? We're and definitely it, going to lose now. It was UD's fun house and each room had a different theme. And there was obviously it was all kinds of timing with music and sound effects and all kinds of stuff. That's all awesome. just fun. But the thing that I always thought was interesting about that competition, it was, so, not really what you typically did in your actual environment. It was like so produced and so you know much just for that right and i always and, and this is coming from somebody that won it, yeah, I thought that it wasn't maybe the best reflection of talent in that field or sure, you know what the characters were really doing and and how they could be represented, but You know, you play by the rules. You learn the game, and we did it well, and we won. So that was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was a great team experience because we had, you know, a team of uh, performers. I was just the captain, and and was able to be the captain in college for three years as the mascot for the University Mm -hmm. of Delaware. So that's 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 awesome thing, right? And yeah, it, how cool is that? That's that's awesome.
0: So we actually had Dave Raymond on, and I yeah. know you're pretty close with Dave. So yeah. how how do you? So obviously, uh, for those of you that didn't hear that episode, Dave Raymond is the original Philly fanatic. Which, in my opinion, uh, and I don't think it's uh, should be disputed, the Philly fanatic is the greatest mascot of all time. So you you make the the leap to go to start doing professional work with, uh, the wizards and swoop as the, my personal yeah, favorite I mean, Eagles.
1: Yeah. So I did, I did a lot of professional stuff and I worked with Dave for a long time with Raymond entertainment group I actually helped him start that business as you know, his main performer and kind of right-hand man in, in a lot of ways. That's awesome. And sort of took over cause he was performing independently and he had a character sport, which, he did, and that's kind of, I started traveling with him on, in the summers while still in college. Yeah. And then when we created Raymond Entertainment Group, we developed Reggie. Okay. Uh, for those keeping up at home, R-E-G, Raymond Entertainment Group, Reggie. See Got it. There? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Wildly creative. And so we did that, but it was a really fun character. And that character, actually, you can see that character very live now in Whiting, Indiana, which I'm sure you talked about the Mascot Hall of Fame a little bit with him. Yep. Which was something that essentially was one of my original ideas that Dave and I cultivated and you know was a cool thing to do together. And to see it now out there living and breathing, especially now after the year we all had. Right. Still hanging in there and, and you know, kind of doing what it's doing is great. But what I did was with Reggie, we toured all over the country, all over North America at baseball games, hockey games, you name it. And we were essentially an outside entertainment act that teams would book to bring in. And we would kind of get the run of the arena that night and and really push the fans in ways that their home mascots didn't do because we would do bits with umpires, with players, with fans, on the field, in the stands, all kinds of stuff. And the teams would let us do more, quite frankly, because we were, you know, they were paying a pretty good amount of money for us to come in. Sure. And, And then outside of that, which I did about 20 years of that touring performance, I was also doing a lot of work with the Philadelphia Eagles. My good buddy Ryan Hughes is out in Napa now, went from being a professional mascot to in the wine industry. So oh, wow. That's a fun chat. Maybe I can get him as a guest for you. He's awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and I uh, was swooped for 12 years, actually, with the Eagles and has a great story. So we did a lot of work with the Philadelphia Eagles. And then I was the mascot, like you said, with the Washington Wizards and did that for you know, a few seasons and ultimately, and actually right now, Facebook in their memories is popping up videos from a really cool trip. We took to Poland, Oh, cool. When I was there as the mascot for the Wizards, along with Marcin Gortat, who was their center at the time. Yeah. And a huge celebrity in Poland, like the Michael Jordan of Poland. I'm really? You. I saw people's knees buckle uh, when this guy <laughs> came around a corner. And I'm like, listen, Marcin's awesome. He's super cool. He's the Polish hammer. Right. But really? That's like <laughs> unbelievable. And, you know, it turns out that he's just had a huge impact in his country. You know, definitely from an NBA standpoint was one of the biggest success stories. And he's out there. He's got actual full working schools Wow! that he's sponsored and developed. And we were out there doing basketball clinics and camps. So we were in the, you know, pulling for like two weeks, touring all over the country, doing these camps and clinics and a bunch of other fun things, including when I landed. The first thing I did literally within hours, I get into Warsaw, we go to the hotel, we check in, and then we're off to the zoo. Because Martin had just adopted a giraffe that they oh my named God. after him. And <laughs> I needed to feed the giraffe in costume. Wow. So, and this had to happen immediately. So, I was like, okay, welcome to Poland. Here we go. Yeah, right <laughs> yeah, in like it. That's literally, and then that night we were watching, uh, it was with, with uh, one of the big international or European, the cup there in Poland was doing great. And this is in the last round of that, and they're playing it now, but. Yeah, it was uh, such a wild trip. And we were doing military escorts and like helicopters, we had a fleet of Porsches. Amazing. Uh, It was just crazy. And this is all because I was a professional idiot.
0: Right, right. (laughs) So what what is your besides your uh, touring Poland with a the the most famous person in Poland? You have one
1: particular story as a mascot that you love? Uh, You know, I mean, that trip really does stand out as one of the the probably more special kind of trips, partly because it was two weeks and it was just the group of people we were with yeah. was incredible. And we, you know, I, obviously other than feeding a giraffe, which, you know, my my one-year-old daughter and I just fed a giraffe. So that's less cool now, I guess. Right. Way cooler for her. So now that's sure. the better... <laughs> draft feeding story right olg so, is draft feeding is less important so um, but we went to the the polish embassy we literally you know met with the prime minister like it was this kind of trip they there was a military exposition in a secret military base that they put on just for us with tanks and artillery and all this stuff we roll up and there's people coming out of the forest in like motorcycles and gila suits that we didn't even see were there holy crap it's just nuts and that is nuts so i mean that was pretty awesome we did uh i performed in paris i was there for like probably 30 hours touchdown to take off for a, a pair you know they're like uh their professional basketball leagues all-star game and it was mm-hmm. because i was we had games and i had to i could go but i had to Go and then come back because we had games pretty tight. Yeah, all you know. So going to Paris for a day, you know, that was kind of fun, and you know, so many of these great experiences and and the people like you know, you just meet the other performers and the kind of the brotherhood, so to speak, or the fraternity. (laughs) You know, less women, but there are a few. Yeah, and you know, partly because it's just I think so physical, but you know, there's been some really talented women that have done it as well, and uh, That's that's a lot of fun and. For me, it sort of allowed me to kind of try a lot of things to really understand how to connect with people and right. to, to cut my teeth in those ways and then translate that to my emceeing and my hosting and other types of, you know, human performance related, sure. you know, kind of things. So well, it, I mean, to be
0: a mascot and be in a suit and not really talk and to be able to create a connection. Yeah. has to be incredibly difficult. So, I, you know, I've seen you MC a bunch of different events and you're outstanding at it. Um, well, thank you. It, how exhausting and or difficult is that? I mean, I, I, it, I would imagine it's one thing live, but I've seen you do a couple of virtual events and that's got to be a totally different animal. So you're, you're MCing. How, how difficult is that for you to do? Um,
1: you know, I, I kind of equate sometimes and in- It it is, but you have to be able to allow yourself to get really genuinely lost in the moment. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to to be comfortable and to trust yourself. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect. Sure. You just need to be authentic. You need to be genuine and you need to be present. Yeah. I think that's the key. And you know, yes, there's anytime you're doing anything, you're gonna get a little bit of adrenaline, you're gonna get a little bit of, you know, you can call them nerves. But I think for me, I equate being out there on the stage to like breathing. Right. I really do it. Cause it's, it's just something that is somewhat innately natural. I love it. It's something that I, you know, i definitely crave and want to do more of because those connections that live interaction, it's just magical. And you you hear that a lot with performers, whether they're, you know, say they're a stage performer, yeah, versus a film actor or something. And there's something about a live audience you just can't replicate. Right. I mean, that has been one of the hardest things for I think a lot of people to transition to virtual. You sure. And we've I think I've done that pretty well because of my varied experiences. Yeah. And we I just had an event the other night for LLS and I've done a number of events for them. And it was very successful, it ran really smoothly. But again, it's because you understand that you still need to give that same energy. Mm-hmm. You still need to make that same connection. And that's where a lot of people, I think they miss the mark because they'll be on a virtual thing and they sort of just are sitting there and they're not really giving the same energy, right? Yep. They'll do it and they're, they're looking down a little bit or <laughs> they're not connected. And then it's just like, what a difference, right? I mean, the simplest thing like looking at the camera (laughs) directly and driving that energy to it makes all the difference in the world. But being able to keep your energy at a level, it's hard. It's hard to do it when you don't have feedback, right? You don't really have an audience. There was somebody on the program over the weekend that made a joke about how uh, they normally would give a joke. They were doing an acceptance speech and how they would normally say a joke in this moment. But they've learned over this last year that really they they don't hit the mark when they fall on you know deaf ears when everybody's on mute there's no for reaction sure. yeah. so it's like there's no punchline. so
0: yeah so. I, I, I did a presentation one time when it was everyone had their camera off and i yeah. felt like i felt the closest i've ever felt to like a comedian when he bombs you yeah. know i just felt nothing coming back from the screen and it was really yeah. difficult so for you to be able to have the screens off for most of them have the cameras off and to be able to still you know really keep that energy up and and be engaging i think is pretty a pretty difficult task and and something that's pretty impressive.
1: Well, i mean i i appreciate it but you know i think for you in that moment it might have been better if they booed, right? Like right. you'd gotten something. You're like right. something. <laughs> yeah, apathy. It was just that's all yeah. i felt like just total apathy. Yeah, absolutely. So, Can somebody
0: cry for me at least? Right. <laughs> so how do you decide, you know, when, when did you decide that you needed to start your own business? And and when it was time yeah. and, and what was the, what, was there a
1: leading event that, that made you decide like, okay, it's time for me to do this? I mean, I've always been entrepreneurial to a certain extent. I was the kid, you know, that was going to build a, a museum in his basement and charge admission to all right. my <laughs> local neighborhood kids. Yeah. Just because I thought this was interesting and therefore I should share it, but people want to pay for it, not just share, you know, so- you know, I think that's always been a part of it, right? I've, you know, I've always did well with like the, you know, I was a swimmer growing up and I was like the top, you know, leukemia swimathon. Sure. For like five years in a row, because like, you know, I just put my mind, I was like, I'm going to, if I'm going to do it, you know, I'm going to do this really well. But ultimately for me, it was something that Dave and I were working together for a long time. We had, the business was going fine. It was just, I had interests that, were outside of what Raymond Entertainment did, right? Mm-hmm. So they didn't do video and film and content development. We were an entertainment company. We were a brand development company. We helped universities and corporations and individuals develop mascots or characters and did that with a really intentional approach. It wasn't like, again, same way we don't just do a video. We don't just make you a character, right? We build a brand yep. and you have story and all these things matter. because ultimately that's what connects, right? So there was a lot that I took, you know, in a way from that and built on it, but the video side and the content side was not an interest. And we just, we sort of went in those directions and we had conversations. And ultimately we developed a really a nice opportunity for me to be able to go and do that. And for Dave and I to kind of maintain a really great relationship. And I went off and i developed Bruce Productions, which was the original, you know, thing that I went off and did on my own. And- did that for a long time. And then two years ago, essentially, we developed King Creative as a bit of an elevation to that brand. Yeah. And you'll see some similarities in the logo. If you look at the blue lion, it lives on both. But the King Creative is essentially a little bit more evolved and grown up. And, and that was just a, a great opportunity to move downtown to have a presence and to grow things even further.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about your space because yeah. you've done an incredible job. I've been in the space not for a couple of years, but I've been in it for maybe a year or two. Um, so you've done a lot of different things to attract people to come down to your space. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a lot of form and function, right? We took this space, which was right on the corner. You know, we've got a great open foyer out front, lots of really nice natural light, and that alone is is attractive, but it was dated. It was a really dated space. So we changed out all the floors, you know, some of that stone you see behind me is an example yeah. of some natural element that we brought into the space to give it some life. And, yeah. you know, up front we've got, there's a stage and like a really cool wood treatment with some greenery. And, you know, we brought in some new colors and kind of reshaped some of the way that the layout was to make it flow and, and to give our selves ability to create content to, you know, use these spots for things like this, right? right? For interviews, for photos, for content, podcasts, you name it. And that was really important for us to be able to create a vibe in an environment that would allow us to be creative, allow our clients to come in and feel comfortable. Yeah. And to envision themselves being able to create in it as well. Now, it's not always studio stuff, right? Yeah. we are on location all the time. We'll be out on location tomorrow and really the rest of the week doing different projects, filming, which is super important because we want to capture their essence, right? They're not this space. They're right. their own. And so the combination works really well for us. And the yoga studio and things that are in the back, you know, is something that we created not only for ourselves, which is important to have a place that we could escape. For sure, yeah. We it out. We call it Studio Nurture. Uh, I like uh, it. Our place to nurture your mind, your body, your soul, you stretch, you meditate, whatever you need to do, right? You know, work on your dance moves. There's mirror walls, but, you know, get ready. Right. Them, <laughs> them so take it on. Yeah. So, there's a lot of TikTok moves that I'm sure you're working on. We've Absolutely. We've got a spot for you to, to really refine it. I have a you 13-year-old daughter. I see a lot of TikTok action, yeah. so I know so what, the, you, what the deal is. Well, there you have it. So you yeah. know all about it. But that space also is a great spot that we can rent out.
0: It you know, yeah. allows,
1: like, say, if you're a yoga instructor and you want to maybe do some private classes or right. maybe you want to you know, explore a space downtown, it's an option. Now, we're yeah. appointment only with that kind of thing. So we've got it pretty much locked down for the sake of our clients, for sure. you know, our equipment and everything else. But it, it's, a, it's a wonderful environment that we love to share and co-create and co-collaborate with. And we've yeah. got a couple floors of space, honestly. And it's great. great. It's all the way from Market Street to Shipley on that eighth street block. So. Yeah, that's great. And one of the things you talked about is, is sort of fostering creativity.
0: Yeah. I, I'm not a creative person. So like acting, no dice. I can't sing. I can't draw my handwriting's horrible. All that, but that's just not part of my brain. It's amazing. You could put on your own pants. And you said it better than I could. Absolutely. That, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, but, I, I I would imagine it's difficult to work with a bunch of creative people and just say hey go be creative that I, seems to me as a non creative person that that yeah. might be a difficult switch to flip so it, it was the goal behind the space, you know, amongst other
1: things to really help foster
0: that creativity is that what, sort of where you went with that.
1: Well, I mean, I, you, you touched on something that is a real issue, I think, in a creative environment, which is you're dealing with creative people, right Right. now I have this conversation with a lot of people and I personally am not somebody that feels like you have to be one or the other, right (laughs) now, maybe that's just something that in some ways I tend to be able to kind of navigate back and forth from wildly creative to what are our goals? How do we get it done? execute, you know, all that, which don't tend to go together Tradition, Sure. Right. right. So the, the thing that we want to create is an environment where we could be creative and the team together so that we can be creative and organized. Yep. So that's the key. Right. The balance is in. And I say it all the time around here is like ideas are not the problem. Right. Right. (laughs) And that's because we can come up with ideas all day. And if given the opportunity and listening to your story and finding about your audience, if we do our job, we're going to come up with ideas. I'm not worried about that. How do we get it done? Mm -hmm. What are the goals? What are the marks we got to hit along the way? And how is it going to make it, you know, make an impact, right? So, the ideas for me at least are secondary. Cause I, I know we got, I got a drawer full of ideas right here. You know, they're, yeah. they're right here. <laughs> we'll get to that whenever we need it. How do we, how do we make it happen? What's the plan? What's the structure behind it? You know, who are the players involved, right? Who's the audience, like all that stuff. And that's where I think a lot of creatives miss the mark and struggle. Sure. Yeah. Cause they just want to create, you know, I just want to create. It's like, okay, yeah. so I get it. I want to create too. Yeah. You no, know? but we there know, has to be a point to it. it. Yeah, but it it has to matter. There has to be a point. I mean, there doesn't always have to be a point to create. Right. Somebody's walking by. And um, but for a business, there's ROI, there's real numbers involved, and it has to make sense. Yeah. Right. So that could, it doesn't always have to be exactly an ROI number. It could just be like, you know what? We have a certain amount of creative that we're going to, because we feel there's an intrinsic value to just getting out there doing something fun. Yeah. Fun for fun's sake. And that's fine. But that should be part of a plan. Yeah. Right. Like, and if that is a choice we make together based on that plan, then great. Yep. But I, I don't like to see people just do things for the sake of doing it. I think we should ask at least another question or two before we start. Right. <laughs> right. You know, that's yeah. all. And and it can be frustrating to other creative folks because I do like to try to like dial that in. Right. And because sometimes they're already running when you're like, we shouldn't have even gotten out of our chair yet. Yeah you know, and it's like, you've already missed because you just ran. We actually should be going that way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You, you know, if you, you want to run, we got to point you in the right direction, at least get ourselves aimed correctly and then yeah. we can go all in and that's fine. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the things, and I know we're sort of circling around this a little bit, but it's so, so important.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think le- that takes a, a lot of leadership. And I think one of the things in, in other interviews I've seen you do and, and things I've read about you is that one thing that I, I think takes, real leadership is to say, we don't care about who gets the credit. That's unimportant. Making sure we get to the final correct product for the client is really what matters. And I think that, you know, I think ego gets away in the lot. So how have you been able to Kind of take your ego and put it to the side and make sure yeah. that, you, you know, you're doing the, 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 the this, this sum is, is the parts are equal better than the sum.
1: Yeah, so well, I think it helps it. that I was a professional idiot for quite a while. So, right. <laughs> you know, ego and, and pride out the window, right? So right. That's less important. You know, the result is more important. I think the journey is about being able for me. It's like I want to be able to create and I want to be able to help others create and get lost in these worlds for, you know, the rest of my life. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is if I do it well. Right. Right. And so you have to be, you know, purposeful in that approach. I think you need to take pride in your work. I do think pride is something that people leverage in a, in a negative for a lot of times. It yeah. almost can become an excuse. Sure. And, you know, if you and you know, I have an acronym, I say it all the time, too. It's like people rationalizing internal doubts and excuses. And that's what pride stands for for a lot of people. And yeah. that's because they use it as a crutch. Right. Oh, I, I can't do that because whatever. Right. right? Insert pride but the reality is you should have pride in who you are, pride in what you're doing, pride in where you're going. Be proud of where you're from. That's great. Yeah. I think that's where pride should come in. Let's just be honest with ourselves when it comes to the excuses. Yeah. And that's all it is. That's our insecurity. Yeah. It's not our pride. Right.
0: Difference. That's a great point. That really is a great point. Yeah. Um I the, the that theme has really come up a lot in in through through these podcasts is that a lot of the most successful business owners are able to take their pride or their ego, put it to the yeah. side and say, like, hey, I know you're better at this task than I am. Right. And I'm fine with that. You yeah. know, that's that's a and I think that, again, that, that is a testament to true leadership.
1: Yeah, no question about it. And I think for anybody that's going to do anything of any note, you have to find good people there and they're hard to find, right? Finding really good, solid people that are willing to work, talk to any restaurant owner right now. Right. And have that discussion because (laughs) man, I I talk about empathetic. I am feeling for that sector right now because it's just tough. Yeah. And unfortunately it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of human nature, but we got to be better than that. I think at the end of the day, we got to hold ourselves accountable and up to a higher standard. Yep. And, you know, it, you you can't want it more. Yeah. Or someone than they want it for themselves. It it's just such a great work in the long run. Right. Yep. But what you have to try to do is cultivate an environment where people can feel important, where they can thrive, where they, their, their opinions matter. Yep. And you know what, the only thing I do know, and this is obviously a twist on what's been out there for a long time is the only thing I know is that I don't know bleep. Right. right. I, you know, and that's a good starting point because, more days than not, I'm learning more than I'm, you know, teaching. Right. Sure. So let's just be open to that. Yeah, absolutely. Open. I I think that alone is a huge, huge win.
0: Well, you, you bring up having good people and in the interactions I've had with people in your company, it seems like the culture is outstanding and that people really get to do what they really enjoy doing. How are you able to build such a positive workplace for culture and sort of empower your employees to, to, to feel that way.
1: Again, I think it's about being genuine. I think it's about being authentic. Um, You know, are we perfect? Of course not. Nobody is right. That's a, you know, that's a thing, but you know, I think you just have to, you, again, you try to value people, you know, you try to be real and you also try to figure out what it is they do want to do, yep. right? So that you can hopefully cultivate opportunities for them to do those things and to maybe try things that they're not sure. Hey, I would like to try that. So give them opportunities. And, you know, we're working on that every day. We're definitely growing as a company and and I'm definitely growing 100% as, you know, it's hard for me to even say a leader, but I hear right. you. Yeah. Um, but, you know- <laughs> I think ultimately it's about having that intention and that mindset and allow people to to thrive. And, and you know, the best thing that could you know, could happen is somebody shows up and they, you know, they're better at me at doing something. And I'm like, right. thank God, you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. You do it. <laughs> and that happens most of the time. Right? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> uh, well,
0: let's talk. I would, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the effect the pandemic had on your business yeah. and
1: how, what you were going through as an, as a business owner during that period. Yeah. I mean, we've, you know, I I had a whole series of COVID conversations, which I don't know if you saw any of those, but we ended up doing about 25 of those during the pandemic, really the heart of that when people weren't doing anything or trying to figure out what to do and we were right there with you, you know, And, and partly we made a choice to do that because we needed to stay busy, we needed to stay productive and we felt well. At least this is something we can do to maybe help some people through it, right. including ourselves, right? Sure. So, so that was one thing that we did. We transitioned into some of that. We we definitely worked towards and helped a lot of people with some virtual events. Um, a lot of growing pains in that space. A lot of a lot of lessons learned along. No the way. doubt. Um, you know, and man, it, I, it, everybody wants it to be perfect out of the box, and you know, we're right there with you. You know, we've even recently had a couple little issues that kind of snagged us and it was frustrating. But, you know, again, you you live, you learn, you get better, you're stronger for it and right. you move ahead. And for us, that's really what it was all about. It was, you know, just getting through it, staying productive, staying busy and allowing ourselves to just keep moving forward. Sure. We did some renovations like we, we just did what we could to, to kind of stick around. And we helped some groups locally. I don't know if you saw like the Wilmington Strong video. That was something we were able to do to help collaborate with Wilmington Alliance and others yeah. locally to support business. Right. And it was something that we just, you know, we just felt like, hey, we need to do what we can. And yeah. there was other organizations like, you know, wi and Nerd It Now and others that we did some collaborative community-based efforts yeah. to, you know, bridge that digital divide and the learning gaps and all the things that were really full front and center. With schools being closed and the, you know, e-learning and virtual and all that was going on with that, and still, you know, obviously is is affecting people and was before the pandemic, but just got accentuated and the in the the light on it was just so bright. Right. You couldn't ignore it anymore. Right. So that was important and it was great to be able to be a you know resource, to be a to be a support for those types of things. And it really kept us alive because it gave us purpose through. A time, the tough time. Yeah, I can't imagine if we were sitting around twiddling our thumbs and second guessing ourselves the whole time. I mean, that takes a it takes its toll. Absolutely. Well, you, you know, you bring up your collaboration
0: with Nerd, and now I had Mark Davis on on uh, the podcast. And yeah. can we really spend a little bit of time talking about that digital divide? Can you tell me a little bit about your project with
1: DETV? I think it's a I think it's a really great product. Yeah, well, the DETV Kids um, whole platform, which is really a, a vertical for DETV as they continue to grow and they're doing all kinds of great stuff, you know, Leslie and Ivan and the whole team over there. Yeah. Um, and the DETV Kids was a collaborative effort to develop content that was really a supplement to what these kids needed to keep up, right? To to bring some locally produced, really well thought out and meaningful content that would supplement their education to push them forward to make sure they didn't fall behind to bridge yeah. those gaps. And it was all original. And just I mean, a ton of work. And we're really just getting started on what that could be. Yeah, we were able to put together some really, you know, great initial content pieces. And That's great we brought teachers and we've got, it was, there was music focus and art and it was all STEM and STEAM and all the letters you can imagine that that are important, you know, depending on who you talk to, there's both, but you know, there's purposeful content that hit curriculum that allowed, you know, the parent or the teacher to know that their kid wouldn't be left behind if they were in a situation where they couldn't get to school, or maybe they learn a little bit differently. And this was just another way to help you know help them along. So yeah. that stuff that the potential is huge and you know we're we're getting creative on right. a lot of original shows that if they do well here you never know what that you know could turn into. So
0: Absolutely and and what a great uh what a great thing to be to be focusing on that yep. sort of narrowing that that divide for for kids. Yep. So I do I do have to
1: ask you. So you said you had a one year about a 1-year-old? Yeah. So uh, well depending on when you see this ultimately. So we had a baby on April 6, 2020. So that's a full Right. Oh, quarantine a baby. quarantine pandemic baby yeah where I literally had a, a woman while I'm bringing my wife who's in labor into the hospital tell me I couldn't come in Wow, I knew that we were allowed to have the two of us yeah because she was probably just helping and in that hospital typically that was the case but the maternity war had had an exception she just didn't know that and it, was, it took everything I had not to choke slam her. And I was like, listen, I am going in. This is my baby. Uh, it was like, all right. And luckily, and I, you know, I didn't, that was what was happening in my head. Right. And I'm like, I might have to do it. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, I looked to my right and it was almost like, it couldn't have been any better. There was a, like a, a printout right there. And on it, it read the maternity exception. And I oh, just wow. went. That's me. I pointed. And, yeah. I, and I was like, and we're coming
0: through. Yes. <laughs> I was like, so, whew, I That's love so it. So what's it been like to uh, to have a, a baby in the middle of a, a global pandemic?
1: Man, I mean, I would say that it's a blessing and a curse, sure, but more of a blessing. I think if, because I was telling my wife, like, first of all, our baby is just I can't even tell you how great this kid is. Like she sure. is like, <laughs> unbelievable. Like so, if there's a, a definition of a trap baby, this is this is what this is. So yep. she sleeps all night. Yeah, everything. She doesn't. I mean, she's her temperament's incredible. Yeah, like it's just. We are so fortunate. I think in some ways it's partly because we got to spend extra time. Right, my wife was able to work from home. I was able to. We were all able to be here at the studio together. It's great. Um, We wouldn't have had that time, right? My, you know, like she, my wife would have been back to work. She would have been in daycare way sooner. Yep. And she is now, which is great for socializing, right? And and for us to be probably more productive ultimately during the day. But the time, the extra time. we were able to have together was awesome. And one, we're, you know, we have another child if we do or don't, depending on what's in the cards, whatever. Sure. You know, we can't count on that extra time one. Right. And, you know, the chances of them just being so like, (laughs) like, she literally she'll wake up in the morning. And it's really just a matter of when you want to go and get her like, she'll play for an hour. Amazing. Like, it's just, it's awesome. And she Trap Baby is definitely a good one. It's like you know, which I'm I'm okay with. Obviously, sure, absolutely, and, you know, yeah. But she's just been such an incredible, incredible addition to the family. It's it's hard to imagine a time without you know Katie Beth as uh, you know it's Katie Butt, Katie Bruce, Katie whatever. Yeah. Um, but Catherine Elizabeth, as their full name, Katie or Catherine the Bruce, right? Right. <laughs> um, it's hard to imagine a time without her in our lives. Which anybody that's a parent, you know, I think you probably would agree, right? It's just, it's a weird thing. It's such an innate, inherent thing. Yep. That, you know, I couldn't be more grateful, you know, being a part of this last year. Yeah. Because it really did give us something great to focus on. And everybody be like, you know, basically, you know, 2020 can go whatever. Right. And I'm like, I can't fully agree with you on that. Yeah. You know. Not to mention,
0: you have a newborn you're not going anywhere anyway so you would your life probably didn't change that much beside the you know the work work together thing
1: yes no that's true you're probably right in fact if anything like i said it was a unique benefit outside of the hospital and like all that stuff and, and family not being able to visit sure and, that's and a good so point all those things are tough yeah but she's so young she'll never remember that anyway it's not for her right, right. it's for them anyway so they're the ones that missed out for great us great point Yes, I would love for everybody to meet her. Yeah. But they will. Yeah. And lots of Zoom calls, lots of video chats, lots of all that stuff, right? Yeah. But, you know, there's nothing that really beats the connection, the human, actual in-person connection. And that's kind of comes back to what we were talking about, right? At the end yep. of the day, that's what full really circle. matters. Yeah.
0: And you just went full circle on it. That's that's
1: what we do, right? Yeah. So whether you do that online, like we're doing now, yeah, which is such a a great thing. I think that's one of the things that we got out of this year was people did find ways to connect, you know, and picked up the phone or or hopped on a video chat with people they hadn't seen in decades, years. Absolutely. Or never. Yeah. And that was one of the benefits. I totally in, agree. And embracing the technology in a way that wasn't really kind of fully embraced before yeah that's okay. That's a good thing. We'll move forward. Change is inevitable. We just have to embrace it, and this forced a lot of people to change that weren't willing to or weren't ready prior. yep and just didn't have a choice. And it was now, a little push are.
0: off the bridge, if you will yeah yeah well, awesome. well, Chris, this is great. I really enjoyed talking to you. I appreciate your time um if uh, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Chris and his company, go to kingcreative.com. And if uh, you want to learn a little bit more about how my firm helps business owners with their financial planning, uh, visit riversedgeadvisors.com to hear past episodes of the podcast, go to happy-half-hour.com. And finally, if you want to connect with me on the untapped app, my username is brcarney7. So we've come to the time where I review this beer. Rate this oh, beer. Oh boy! So this, very this good is summer beer. That's why I sat
1: through this whole thing, by <laughs> the way, just for
0: this moment. Finally, you—you <laughs> you, you might be the first person to ever make it all the way through to to listen to my. You know, review. most people
1: are already out the all door. Out I'm the door, me, yeah. I am on the edge of my seat. So tell <laughs> me about this beer.
0: Out of five, out of on a scale of uh, out of five, I'm gonna give this a four. This is a good beer, okay. uh, a beach beer. I'd sip, I'd sip this on the on the beach. So. So
1: maybe a five if you were toes in the sand. Correct.
0: Yes. If I was in a bathing suit, you know, it is, you know, today here in in the great state of Delaware, it is 105 degrees or whatever it is, but this is refreshing. So I I highly rate it. Well done by yards. Nice. And that the name
1: of it again, the name is heritage surf IPA heritage surf IPA. I was just sipping on some four roses, you know, not a bad thing Just simple what we had, you know, available. Uh, I'm going to check out that beer. Good stuff. Hey man, cheers. Cheers, Chris. Thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. Hey, stay awesome. All right, take care.
0: Thank you for listening to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, sponsored by Rivers Edge Advisors. For more information on how Rivers Edge Advisors can help you, visit their website at riversedgeadvisors.com. If you'd like to connect with Brian Carney for business advice or just to share a beer, Follow him on Instagram at RiversEdgeAdvisors underscore LLC.